I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. It's me, Mike Vardy, back again this week. And this week I have an amazing guest. Not that any of our other guests aren't amazing, but this woman is pursuing excellent and pursuing amazement. And she is doing so in a powerful manner. That's why it's called The Power of Pursuit with Kelsey Humphreys. Kelsey is a media entrepreneur and motivational journalist. If you've ever watched her show, The Pursuit, she hosts and produces that show. It's a talk show and podcast where she interviews influencers like Tony Robbins, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Brennan Burchard, Barbara Corcoran, and so many more. Just a, a, a who's who, a veritable who's who of business and celebrity. It's, it's an amazing show. Uh, she also offers simple success tips in written articles for Success Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Mild Stomping Grounds at Lifehack and the Huffington Post. She's also the author of entrepreneur bestseller Go Solo, a success coach and consultant. And she's a regular conference speaker and, and she's an MC too. She does pretty much everything. And you're going to hear how she pursues all of that with vim and vigor in this episode of the podcast. So let's just get to this interview now. Here's my discussion, my conversation with Kelsey Humphreys here on the Productivities Podcast. Enjoy. All right. I've been pursuing this guest for a while. Uh, actually it's funny as we're recording this, this is, I think the second time. And it was my, it was me that actually had to cancel the last time. Um, but Kelsey Humphreys, thanks for joining me today. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. This is awesome to to have you on the show. Uh, like I said, I'm talking about pursuit and that's that when I think of pursuit, there's two people I think about Chris Gillibo because he had a book called the happiness of pursuit and you, yep. Why yep. do I think about you when I think about pursuit? <laughs> why? Other than maybe the obvious, like it's in front of my, but, but why, why is pursuit such, such a big part of, of how maybe you're perceived or who you are? Yeah. Well, you know, I chose that for the name of my show, which is a, it's a podcast for your listeners, but it's also a YouTube show. It's primarily a YouTube show, I would say, cause I travel in person to my guests Um, and so, you know, I was a solopreneur, I was out there on my own and I felt like all of the content that I found was just not like people weren't talking about beginner stuff. They weren't talking about the question behind the question. They weren't talking about, okay, but what was it like, like the first three months or the first year, you know, because there's these uh, guests are so successful and, you know, I mean, we all like kind of read and watch the same people in the influencers, success, entrepreneurship space, especially online marketing. And I just felt like, where is the host, the host of the show that is, you know, wants to learn and is asking beginner questions and is not, 
you know, a lot of times, let's be honest, it's like two multimillionaires <laughs> sitting there talking to each other, which is very interesting. And I have them all on my show and I follow them all and I love their shows and they're awesome. Uh, but it was like, that's not really speaking to me. So I named the show The Pursuit because I'm really trying to help people who are still grinding. Like they are in year one, they're in year two, they're in year three. You know, they haven't made it. They're not, you know, on their fifth online course with their, you know, six figure launches and all that stuff. Now we all want to get there. Obviously that I know a lot of my listeners and probably your listeners want to get to that point, but the, you know, the, the statistics are that businesses fail in the first couple years. And so I want to help those people to not give up. Um, my mission and vision is to help people become their best selves and give the world their best work. And so the pursuit and the climb and the journey itself is a huge part of that. And so that's why I named my show, The Pursuit. Uh, but I feel like I have a long way to go to actually have my name and The Pursuit be you know, almost synonymous, like you were saying, but that makes me happy. I'm glad that that's happening. <laughs> no, it's, and you know, I mean, the thing is, one of the things that, that uh, inspires, you know, I find inspiring is that you are so not only consistent in terms of just delivery, like what you're delivering, but the quality. And that is, it's interesting because I see, you know, like folks like Seth Godin, and I know that he actually, before we started uh, recording, you said, you know, we mentioned Tim Ferriss and Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. is, is, is big on like the quality of what he delivers and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of people misunderstand when his book called the four hour work week, a lot of, you know, people who aren't in the know are like, oh, what do you mean? You can only work four hours a week. I'm like, that's not what it means. It means it only right. feels like you're working four hours a week. <laughs> same, yeah. th- same thing with Seth Godin. When Seth Godin says just ship, a lot of people are throwing a lot of for lack of a better term, crap out there, mm-hmm. right? You don't do that. You throw <laughs> out really like, and and it's not even you throw out. You deliver. You're like you're like you know you've got the white glove treatment with what you do. What when you when you set out to 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 start going solo, which is and, and your book's called Go Solo. We'll link to that. Mm-hmm. But when you set out to do this, how did you how did you map out like this? I don't just want to do this. I want to do it this way. Yeah. Well, first I want to say, and this is a good lesson in productivity, honestly, this is something I have learned, is that I have so many quality and production issues, almost every single episode. I mean, a mic breaks, a light goes out. I mean, I've had episodes where I had tons of unusable footage. I had, you know, people who were out of focus. I had, you know, room mics or like camera mic because uh, my little recorder failed. I mean, so many things. And so I appreciate you saying that in terms of a lot of times I look at it and I I see all of the issues we had, like, oh, that lighting could have been better or we're always you know, our own worst critic. I mean, when I, right. when I was doing comedy and stage stuff, you know, people go like, oh, that was great. And I'm like, yeah, but I missed that line or I screwed that mm-hmm. up. Or I could even exactly. today when I do talks, the same thing. So we're always going to be harder on ourselves than, the, than what others see for sure. Yeah. And, but what I've learned is, you know, obviously I'm sure you've talked about this a lot with lots of different guests, but you know, perfectionism is going to hold you back from actually shipping and actually being productive. And for me, it was, you know, I have to get this out there. Yes. There's a time, you know, when the whole thing is a little bit out of focus and I had to choose, okay, am I going to just not put this episode out? And I chose to do it anyway, because the content was so valuable. I'm like, I can't let basically what comes down to my pride and knowing I'm going to get haters on YouTube, (laughs) you know, I can't let that stop me from what could be a life-changing nugget of wisdom for someone watching. So that's something I have to overcome over and over and over again is, uh, lots of different quality issues and, Uh, You were just talking about, 
you know, my vision at the beginning, I did envision a traveling talk show. That's true. But I had no idea just how much that would be and how many moving parts and all of the stuff. So, but in terms of quality of guests, which is what a lot of people ask me about, um, I did decide at the beginning that I was going to kind of go celebrity level right off the bat because there's so many podcasts and so many YouTube shows. And so if I really wanted to, you know, kind of pull ahead and set myself apart in such a crowded marketplace, I was like, I need to go after the best. And I knew that I could handle myself on camera. And so also having the video component sets us apart. Uh, but what I did that was interesting is that I decided to shoot a pilot with someone locally, which a lot of people would think like start local and just build slowly. But I used that pilot episode, which was with Scott Williams, who he's a local um, speaker and author, but he has um, like over 150,000 Twitter followers and he's verified on Twitter. And so he is very legit, if you will. And so I took that pilot and I immediately started pitching people that were New York times bestselling authors and, you know, had hundreds of thousands of like almost millions of followers right away, just sending them the pilot episode before we published anything. So I think that that kind of shows you that right off the right off the bat, I knew I wanted to go for the biggest and best. And then, you know, they had to look at that pilot episode, which by the way, was done on a GoPro. It was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible, but it showed the vision for the show and it showed me on camera and the types of questions I was going to ask and kind of the vibe. And that was enough. And so Donald Miller is a New York times bestselling author who uh, said yes, right at the bat and Jeremy Cowart, who's a celebrity photographer. And then after that, things started to snowball really, really fast. Jeremy is and both those guys have been a world domination of it. Donald Miller and Jeremy Coward. Jeremy's presentation of the world domination. I'm going to put it in the show notes because I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen the presentation that he did uh, a world uh, domination summit? The, I don't, I don't, which uh, topic was it? It was, what a, was, it, was it was about, he, I mean, he talked about his brother. One of the things that came up was his brother uh-huh. and, and, and it was all done. So what they did was, and I mean, I'll, I'll again, you'll have to watch it and I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link too, Kelsey. So you could see yeah. it. Uh, but, um, he the lights came down on him and his entire talk was animated through his photographs and writing and stuff like he built it and we just watched the screen it was like watching a short film but wow. it was so powerful because he's narrating it in the dark and you could see him looking down at his notes and it was just you know there wasn't a dry eye in the house by the time it was I done bet. it was really yeah. and he's he's i mean he's worked with michael hyatt uh, mm-hmm. who you, who I know you've also talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, um, again, Donald did a great talk at WDS. You seem like a person that would be uh, an ideal fit in the world, at the world domination summit for sure. You know, I'm talking with Chris about coming on the show and when I have him on the show, I might, you know, elbow him about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I, uh, Jeremy is definitely a serious creative genius. You know, you genius is thrown around nowadays, but there are only a few guests that I really apply that word to. And he's definitely one of them. So having him come on right off the bat, I mean, that just kind of sets the bar, you know? Um, and so I think for someone who wants to get started with something, if that's your vision, don't be scared about it. Like you just kind of have to go rip the bandaid off and just start asking. And that's what I did. So you started off with the GoPro and Scott Williams and it started to, the pursuit began. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about who else has been involved along the way. I want to talk, we'll talk about the personal stuff in the bonus episode that Patreon supporters are going to get uh, or have already gotten, depending on when they're listening to this. But I want to talk about like the, like 
bring people on delegation team stuff because you've got this vision and you're bringing it forward. But when I look at what you've got, I'm like this Kelsey, she can't be doing it all. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely am not. Um, at the beginning I was using volunteers. So for example, when I went to Nashville to shoot the Donald and Jeremy and uh, crystal Payne host of, or founder of moneysavingmom.com. When I went there, uh, I had volunteers who helped me. I had my camera and my sister's camera. Now my sister lives in Nashville, which is why I chose that first. Okay. Because I had a free place to stay. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, uh, someone to drive me around and, uh, I had friends that I knew would go operate cameras and lights and stuff for me. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And then as it progressed and we had some money coming in because I started getting, I mean, I, I this became all consuming. So there was no more consulting, which is I was doing marketing consulting before. Mm-hmm. So as this became all consuming, then I was making money from my speaking gigs, writing gigs. I would do some, you know, motivational coaching and accountability coaching, um, and helping people grow their personal brands and things like that, uh, which I don't do anymore. But at the time, you know, every single penny of that, then of course went back into the show. So then, uh, I bought better lights, you know, I bought better audio equipment and I started to get a specific team in each city. So now I have one guy in New York and as we grow, he will bring an assistant with him every time that doesn't happen every time, depending on the budget and who the guest is. Uh, and then I have a set person in Nashville. I have a set person in Dallas. I have a set person in LA. Uh, and as we add more cities, I'll hopefully add more. So it's like one point videographer person. But I mean, when I get there, you know, I'm in my flats, flat shoes, and I set up the lights, I set the microphone. I mean, I'm helping, like, it's just me and one other person for the most part. Um, and sometimes I will have, uh, an assistant travel with me or a friend who wants to go because they're obsessed with whoever my guest is at the time. And then they will help me like, you know, keep track of the time, set timers, give me, um, show notes that stuff I don't forget, stuff like that. But that's like twice. I mean, for the most part, it's just me and one. And my husband has gone with me sometimes and he'll run the cameras and he'll run the lights. I mean, I'm talking bootstrapping from every sense of the word. (laughs) But now I do have, I have an assistant. I eventually hired an assistant. And so she comes to my house twice a week and then everything else is uh, in the morning and everything else is remote. And then I have a video editor that came on um, as, you know, first I just used her once or twice as a freelancer. I was editing everything myself at the beginning. Um, And then I brought her on and now she will edit uh, every single episode for me. And um, so, yeah, so now we kind of are getting into a well-oiled machine where myself and my assistant and then my editor, and I, I also have a couple of people who help me with writing from time to time. So now we've got this small little team that's kind of functioning as a well-oiled machine, but that's within the last few months and we are coming up on two years. So <laughs> most of that time it was like me. <laughs> What's it like when you go into these environments with people? Cause I mean, you know, I've done interviews uh, and most of them are done like we're doing now. Sure. There's been some video, but a lot of them are, you know, they're in the comfort of their home. I'm in the comfort of mine. Um, I know what it's like when you're live doing a live event and being in person with someone, there's just an energy there. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, I mean, when you go into it, cause you're going into, I imagine you're going, in, are you going to a, like a, a neutral location? Or are you going into their location? Does it vary? And then what is that like in that environment? How does that change the dynamic? 
Oh man, it's so different every time. Um, my favorite is to go to them wherever they are because they're way more relaxed. And there's already, I mean, part of why I love in person and many people were like, Kelsey, don't do it. Do Skype, do Skype. And I was like, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be the same because you just have a different energy and connection with the person face to face. You also would stand, you, you also stand out because of what you do. I mean, right. look, I mean, Skype is, yeah, yeah what I'm it, doing is different. It's totally different. I mean, when you see, it was funny. I was talking to my friend, Paul Jarvis and Mark Johns. We have coffee. We were all in Victoria. It's really funny. Victoria, BC, the small little city, three guys who one guy makes his money doing art on the internet. Paul Jarvis. I don't know if you know him very well, but he does really well in the internet. And then me, the three of us are talking and we're talking about Donald Miller's course, create your life plan. It's him mm-hmm. and his, the person that he's doing it with at a kitchen table basically yeah. going through it but there's that there's that intimacy there that you get which you're not going to get with a with a you know with a a split screenshot on Skype and that's what I really appreciate about what you do yeah that's that goes back to the quality and also remember my goal is to get these people off script mm-hmm. i want them to tell me real answers and if i'm in person there and i mean you know, let's be honest, I'm kind of like this little nobody. And so I just come in and they're already way more relaxed because it's not like they're sitting down with, you know, Katie Couric or Tim Ferriss, even somebody like that, that has, you know, they're, they're relaxed. So I love to go to their home or their office. Those have been some of the most fun. Um, but also like with Tony Robbins or a lot of the ones in New York, I'm meeting them on their press tour. So with Tony Robbins, I was in between, I think Fox news and Bloomberg, like that was his schedule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so at that point, I will meet them at his publicist's office or at his hotel room. Um, and so, I mean, it's different every time. And it's definitely um, intimidating and nerve wracking a little bit, but kind of like a stage performer or any actor or actress, it's kind of like once the camera's on, it's go time. Yeah. And then then all of that fades away. Um, I bet you didn't have any problem uh, getting Kathy Griffin to go off script. I did not. I did not. But let me tell you something cool about Kathy Griffin is that she prepared notes for my interview. Wow. I mean, she called a business friend of hers who's a business manager or mogul or something like that because she knows her business, but she doesn't know the terms. So she called this guy to get, you know, her her numbers straight and her terminology because she knew I was a business and entrepreneurship interview. Isn't that crazy? I mean, she's, you know, a massive celebrity and she prepared notes for me, which I thought was just the coolest thing ever. You know, as as you're telling me that story, it reminds me of Stephen Pressfield's book, Turning Pro. Like that's what pros do. Professionals do that. Whereas, you know, and I mean, and there's a care factor there that really, you know, it's, you can't fake that. You know, you, you know, and it's, I want to talk a little bit about you being deliberate in these situations. I mean, you've got all these different environments, these different people from different, completely different areas of, of, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, vocation and stuff like that. How how important is it for you and how important was it for you to establish being deliberate uh, and being, uh, you know, again, consistent and not complacent at all when you go into these things so that you can, you know, make sure that you deliver the goods time in and time out. Yeah. Well, I think that there are a few sort of like pregame rituals and then set questions. I think a good way to do that is to, uh, you know, when you're not in, in, in a pressure situation, so maybe on the plane on the way before, or even when I'm just sitting and doing like some strategizing for a quarter or for a year or something is to remember like, okay, what are my staples here to best serve? Like, how can I best serve? And so I'll always come back to questions like, 
you know, tell me what it was, or I'll, I'll ask them about their average day at the time. And then I try to always go back and say, well, I want to know what your average day like was like in your first year or something like that, that kind of, again, going back to who I'm trying to help and what I'm trying to do, which is, you know, empower and encourage and inspire those people who are about to give up or who think they can never actually quit their day job, those people, Um, and so I think it's kind of having those staples and then like beforehand, I go over my questions. I don't use questions during the interview. I don't have paper or notes or anything because I will look at it when I don't need to. It's almost like a nervous tick. Like I'll just mess with it even though I don't need them. So now I've just forced myself to, you know, get rid of the crutches. So I don't use it, but I'll go over my questions ahead of time and I'll think through, okay, what are my top things? Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And I'll kind of list my top questions. And then I remind myself, (laughs) this is important, that um, this is my house because I'm the interviewer. So like sitting down with somebody like Kathy Griffin or, I mean, Larry King, well, that's not a good example actually, because he's an interviewer, (laughs) but with Tony (laughs) Robbins, that, you know, with Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins is amazing at what he does and at, at being Tony Robbins, but I am the interviewer. And this is like my job to go in an interview. And it's my, you know, I get to be in charge of this, even though I'm super intimidated and my mouth is dry and I'm getting all sweaty and like I'm standing in the hall next to his bodyguard for Pete's sake. You know, I try to remind myself. And then at the end, right before I go in, I just remind myself about the viewer. Like this is about them and helping people. And so if I totally flub my questions or fall flat on my face, you know, we'll all have a good laugh and it'll be fine. All right. So I want to dive into your pursuit now. Because we've okay. talked a little bit, we've talked about your journey in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Where, where do you see yourself? Like as we're approaching two years, mm-hmm. do you have a do you have a plan? Do you have a vision, or is it about just building upon what you've already done and and kind of seeing where it takes you? I have a plan and I have a vision. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, my after I started this, cause I was going to just do it, you know, an audio podcast. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do a traveling talk show. And as soon as it started, and this is something everybody knows, like we try and shove down our dreams, right? We kind of like things that are unrealistic over time. You know, we think, cause back in college, I was going to be the next like Beyonce. I mean, well, I was going to be a singer songwriter. That was you know, the, the training in my job and all that stuff that I got in college and right after college, that was all just fallback because I was going to be a famous performer. And, uh, it turns out I don't like singing in coffee shops and bars, which is what you have to do for like 20 years. And so, uh, you know, I gave up on that dream, but the performer in me is still there. And so as soon as I started, I was like, I love this. I've got to make this bigger and I've got to make this my full-time thing and make it, I mean, you know, make money. And so, you know, my goal was for 2000, by 2017 to get sponsorship, which we do have, uh, we've had sponsors signing on for 2017, which is so great. Um, and so now I'm actually making money more than just like what the YouTube money that comes in from the show itself. Like there's a lot of other income streams, but now the show's actually bringing in money, which is awesome. So that was a goal, but overall I am a, an entertainer on a mission maybe would be a good way to put it. So I want to take a version of my show uh, to a network and network might mean Hulu or Netflix, or it might mean CNBC. Um, TV is changing, which is awesome because that means it's a good time to kind of make it, you know, make it however you can. Um, So yeah, so uh, I cannot tell you a timeline 
on that because TV, like I said, is changing and everything's crazy. But my goal is within the next few years to start moving into an actual broadcast situation. I have um, feelers out for a lot of other things that wouldn't necessarily be taking my show to a network, but it would get me on TV. If you know what I mean? Yep. Which would be kind of a step one or sidestep. Uh, and then I'm writing another book, Success for the Rest of Us, which is kind of like an approachable, doable version of a lot of the success books that people do based on their podcasts. So, you know, Lewis Howes did School of Greatness as a yep. book, and Tim Ferriss did, just did Tools of the Titans. But the thing I found about a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing I find about a lot of success content and entrepreneurship content and books, especially, is that they're so um, a little bit heavy, you know, and kind of very, very detailed and just a little bit overwhelming. And even, even like the titles of them, and I'm not just talking about those two books, there's tons of success books, obviously. Um, and so I really want to bring something that people won't get overwhelmed right off the bat. They won't get intimidated by the title. They won't feel like, oh, there's no way I could do this. There's no way I could, you know, master all these tools and master all this stuff. And so that's why I'm going with success for the rest of us, which I just started um, recently a new video series on that. They're like two minute videos on with a success tactic. And so I'm working on my next book, which I am hoping it'll come out at the start of 2018, sort of kind of in the new year batch of books. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll see, I have a lot of things to get organized before then. So, um, yeah, so a new book and then eventually growing my show. If I don't move to a network soon, I would love to have a flagship sponsor that comes on, um, like a Southwest airlines or Ford or something that kind of fits the traveling show idea. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, um, and almost making it like a branded content piece, but the interview portion would stay the same. So I have tons of ideas on kind of the next few years, but the eventual goal is, I always say, like the Ellen of entrepreneurship and success. So like a little bit more fun, a little bit more laid back, but really amazing interview content uh, for people. You know, when you when you mentioned your your fall, what your plan was, what your dream was, um, and I think that's probably why I gravitate towards your content is I started out doing stand up and improv comedy. That's what I left my job mm -hmm. for to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, singing in coffee shops and that for twenty years uh, with the hope or the 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 aspiration to be not doing that over the long term. The comedic track is no different. Only I think the, right. the places are seedier. <laughs> and the hours are, yeah. and the hour and the hours aren't exactly. as good and you're probably not going to get punched in the face for singing a song versus maybe telling a joke that goes awry um but i i found that the same path happened for me and and those who've listened to the show before know that you know i eventually started to bring my comedic stuff to the time management space and then david allen said hey write for me and all of a sudden it, i became the very thing i was parodying and i get to go up on i get to do this podcast I get to go and do video. I get to perform. I get to speak. I get to travel. So I get that performance stuff. And you can't, you can't bury that. You can't, exactly. it's part, you know what I mean? You can't, uh, you know, you, it, it, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie comedian, uh, but Jerry Seinfeld talks about the fact that, you know, everything he sees, he sees with a comedic eye. So, you know, when he goes on a plane and sees the razor blade disposal unit in the bathroom, he, he isn't thinking, Oh, well, that's probably because somebody might need to change a blade because they forgot to before they got on the plane. It's no, who is shaving so much that they are going through blades while <laughs> on a plane. But that's what, that's what, when you're in, when you're, when you're a performer and, and this is my belief and I've a lot, I know a lot of creative artists, you, 
you live and breathe it and you can't, yeah. you, you can, you can quell it a little bit, but you can't turn it off. And if you try to turn it off, then you're miserable. And, and, and I got to say, as much as I loved working for Costco, I worked there for a dozen years. Uh, as soon as I, you know, what I'm doing now, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And and you're right. You can, you can have a map as to what you, what you want to have happen. Um, and you can set plans in motion, but you, you, timelines can be fluid. And I, and I like that idea. Now, before we wrap up, uh, two quick questions. Uh, mm-hmm. what guest surprised you the most out of all the ones you've talked to so far? I wouldn't say like, no, it doesn't mean what they said or what, but what's, you don't even have to say what it was that they did, but what's sur- which one of them surprised you the most? Mm. Probably Kathy Griffin for the story I just told. Okay. That was okay. pretty crazy for her to have note cards for me for our interview. That was just insane and when, awesome. When you started out, of mm-hmm. the guests you've interviewed so far, which was the one that was on your radar, like almost immediately that you thought, nope, not going to happen for, it's going to take me two, three years to get that person, but it's already happened. Tony Robbins, for sure. Yeah, yeah Tony would, Robbins. Yeah. And when, um, and I mean, like Larry King, wasn't even on my radar because, you know, he's kind of in a different stratosphere of his own. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him do some other relatively small interview uh, because he was coming up on 60 years. And that was another one. I was like, this is never going to happen, but I might as well pitch it. You know, I might as well send the email. And then they said, yes. And next thing I know, I'm in his trophy room in Beverly Hills. I mean, it was insane. (laughs) So that was another one where I never would have guessed at the beginning that I would have been able to land an interview like that so quickly. It was crazy. There's one thing I want to say about pushing down your dreams. And I don't know how much of my content you dove into, but if you look at like my bios and stuff, eventually somewhere you'll find I'm a recovering high functioning alcoholic. And I think a lot of really creative, you know, really driven, even type A or, you know, high performer type people end up like I did because we're shoving down our hopes and dreams. You guys, like if you keep shoving down the part of you that you've had since childhood and somebody right now listening is probably thinking, Oh crap, this is me. Like you can't quite get things figured out. You can't quite get the ball ball rolling. And even once I had gone out on my own and I was doing marketing consulting, I was not nearly as motivated and inspired and productive and disciplined as I am now. I mean, I'm like a completely different person. And that's because I finally decided like, you know what? I can't shove this down anymore. Somewhere I've got to start performing. I've got to start getting on camera. I've got to start doing this because I feel like this is what I was made to do since I was a kid. So I hope that somebody listening right now who, you know, maybe hasn't been able to get things kind of gelling in their life, I challenge you to go back and look at all the things you've loved your whole life and you'll probably see it staring you in the face. Not to say you quit your job and go do that, but maybe you start, you know, writing again or you start taking photos again or you start playing the piano again or stuff like that and you will feel your soul come back alive. And it's that's kind of a little bit off topic, I guess, on this productivity podcast, but you're not going to be productive and driven and achieve, achieve, achieve like like you can when you are doing what you're meant to be doing. So I hope that that helps somebody out there. No, you know, that doesn't go too far off topic at all because, okay. I mean, there are often these barriers that kind of are in exactly. there in the way. Mm-hmm. And, and in order to be more productive, you got to remove them. That's really what it yep. boils down to. Exactly. Well, Kelsey, you've, you've 
you've come a long way in your pursuit already, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Where can people find your stuff uh, online so they can start to follow you as well? Um, the best place uh, for the pursuit um, is to go to the YouTube channel, and it would be awesome if you would subscribe there. And then each month right now, we're putting out a monthly magazine that has a digest of all the episodes because we put three to four episodes out uh, per month. And so if you get the magazine, it kind of goes behind the scenes and talks through each one a little bit. Um, and so e- the magazine you can get at the pursuit.tv slash magazine. And then the best social media platform for me is Facebook. So I do Facebook lives and, uh, I usually comment really fast on that one because it's my favorite. So, um, and I also respond pretty quickly on Twitter as well. Awesome. Kelsey, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a real, real pleasure. Yeah, it was fun being here. Thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed chatting with Kelsey. In fact, you know, I mean, I really wish that we had more time to chat. We did have more time to chat for our Patreon supporters of the show. And uh, for those who are Patreon supporters, you'll have already heard that bonus episode, depending on when you listen to this episode. But if you want to become a Patreon supporter and get more episodes of the podcast, both solo ones with me where I'm just talking about different productivity practices, tips, hacks, what have you, as well as you know bonus content with some of the people I've interviewed on the show, both past and future, you get to hear some people in advance. Then head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and pledge anywhere from $1 all all the way up to whatever you want. And what that does is help support the show, helps me keep the lights on, helps me get the uh, producer, John Polstra paid, helps me get the show notes taken care of because we've elevated the show notes as well. It helps me do a lot with the show. And if you can't support the show by going to patreon.com slash productivity, if you can't do so in a monetary fashion, then I'd love it if you gave the show a rating or review in iTunes or wherever you are listening to the show. Just Doing so helps me make the show better, figure out what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right, what I could do better, uh, what you might want me to throw out, what guests you might want to see on, and what format you may want the show to take on. There's so much going on uh, with the show, and if I get ratings and reviews and I can see what I'd like to be able to do with it, then that helps me make the show better. Plus, ratings and reviews help more people find the show. And again, if you want to become a supporter of the show as a Patreon supporter, we have that community, that Slack community that's a member's only Slack community. So you get involved in conversations there as well. There's just lots more ways to get involved with the Productivities podcast other than just listening to the show, uh, which I'm very glad you did. In fact, I'm also glad that I had my team put together the show notes, my podcast producer, John Polstra, producing the show each and every week. And again, most of all, grateful to you for listening, as well as all of my patrons who support the show month after month after month. If you want to learn more about Kelsey, head to the blog where you can look up all the show notes related to the show, or you can just check them out in the podcast listing apparatus that you are using right now. Either way, there's more to discover with Kelsey, and there's more to discover with the Productivities Podcast. I'll be back next week with more of that stuff to discover. Until next time, I am your host, Mike Vardy, host of the Productivities Podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.